broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Lincoln DeMond said that the reason Mac, jo- Mac, uh, Mac Jones looked so good against Cleveland was because Trent Brown was back on the field for... Oh, was he? Was he playing? He did, did he actually play? He did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look, he, he was looking like a stud. He was, oh, man. For that one game, they did have to sub him in and out. You know, he didn't play every snap. But for those snaps, oh, he was looking like a stud guy. Well, he should. He, he's well rested. How many games have he played this year? Uh, it's his second one. Oh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> Everybody else has had 10, 9, 10 games. He's on his second one. Good for him. Boy, I, 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 I need to be his uh, finance guy. I mean, he is doing absolutely wonderful. Get paid for doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> So. We're, real quick, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation. Listen line, Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, brother? Talk to you. Uh, JT came on the other day and was ranting and raving about up-tempo, up-tempo. He didn't see any of it. But I think at the point where you're losing the time of possession, and congrats to the Chiefs because they figured out a way to flip that. We had time of possession last season on them, I think mm-hmm. almost in both games, if not at least one. But – when you go up-tempo like that and go three and out, now your defense is back on the field again, and it just exacerbates the problem. So I don't understand uh, how you could really say that or how, how JT could say that and, and not realize what was happening to the defense. Now, the other thing is, if that's an offensive philosophy, and my last question a little bit will be about the offensive philosophy going forward, that's one thing. And, and we know that Carr is good in that. They have the receivers to do it. My thing, though, is... What happens with Engold out? This is going to change everything about this offense and their power run game, which is the other question for Link. Is like uh, Tom Cable did so good with this squad, albeit you know a couple of Pro Bowlers in there too, but uh, he did so good with this uh, running or this uh, blocking squad, the offensive line squad last year. What is it that's going to end up getting these guys to blow holes open for Drake and Jacobs? I think that pad level might need to be lower for both sides of the ball. I saw uh, Crosby, you know, go against his old college teammate and just get so close, but I just don't think his pad level was down there to where a Von Miller status where, and I know he's taller than Miller, but I think he could have gotten to the quarterback a couple of times. But going forward, what happens with the offensive philosophy here without Alec Ingold? Well, you know, they, uh, Lincoln, they, they did bring in a new fullback. Yeah. Um, uh, as you saw on Sunday, uh, Foster Burrow played a little bit of fullback. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it changes all that much. I just think um, they need somebody that's going to be able to give them the equivalent of what Alec was w- w- was giving them. Going to be able to block. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Foster Burrow. He's not there yet. His, right. his blocking technique is not as strong as as one would think. And. Um, yeah, and, and they, they're trying to use him for other things to help chip on, on, on protections when they get Waller out there, too. So there's, there's a lot to be said. But I, I think the biggest thing that Alec uh, – fullback is, is, is a special art to be an extension, basically, of the half offensive line and half running back. You've got to have the ability to go out and catch balls in the flats and be able to surprise teams, and Alec was doing that, and he was part of that offense in a float. It's, I think it's a big loss for this offense going forward. And you saw the Raiders. I still believe their best runs are straight downhill, not trying to 
uh, sweep or you know the stretch to fields, not running no stretch plays, stretch to the straight, uh, straight downhill. And I did a little segment on the Silver and Black show last week where I was talking about 34 and 35 wham, which is one of those uh, that they're really good at doing. Well, you can't run it all the time, but they really are good at doing. And they've had success even in this Kansas City game running that play. That's going to be their main staple play, but they just can't. They just have to do different versions of getting it out there. So. Um, Again, this is it, the short yardage is going to hurt. The goal line is definitely going to hurt. Uh, but here's the thing: they've got a package with Mariota. They did a little flip the last game um, with um, where they shot, they showed two backs in the backfield and they flipped it out. Jacob sweeping out to the outside, caught the defense totally off guard. That's another wrinkle that they have. You saw with Mariota, they had the speed option. There's things that they can do there. It's just if we if we didn't have guys jumping off sides, we might be able to see more with Mariota and short yardage and what they could do. We just haven't gotten there yet. Yep, absolutely. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line. Welcome in our good friend uh, over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, um, Sam Gordon. And uh, don't forget to download the app Vegas Nation uh, or go to VegasNation.com. You'll get all of Sam's work, all of my work, all of our photo essays, uh, podcasts, videos, columns, game stories, feature stories, uh, everything that we do uh, over at Vegas Nation. We got you covered from A to Z in Raider coverage. Sam, how you doing, my friend? What's up, Vinny? What's up, Lincoln? How you guys doing? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? We're doing good. And, Sam, uh, the big topic of the day, I'm not going to use the language that Lincoln used. uh, (laughs) But he's Lincoln, and rightfully so, has been talking about some dumb you-know-what kind of uh, play uh, that the Raiders have have shown these last couple of weeks, especially in some key moments with some key penalties, uh, lack of poise, lack of focus, uh, and just – really drive killers um, in a lot of ways in big moments. And you just can't have that, especially against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. It hurt them against the Giants, for crying out loud, let alone a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. How do the Raiders get back to being the poised team that we saw the two weeks prior to the uh, bye week? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it just comes down. I mean, it it sounds so cliche, but it just comes down to to execution and, and, and fundamentals and understanding situational football right you have a fourth and one uh where you're going to go for it and and you got the home crowd behind you and it's you know sunday night football and a tremendous atmosphere and you put points on the board early and and all of a sudden you know maybe some things change right and you have a you jump right you you have a situation where you have a false start that was that that to me was one of the i mean that was an indicator right of 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 what um what was to come on on sunday night and even in the press box video that felt um, significant. I know we touched on that uh, uh, on the podcast this morning, but it felt significant at the time. It's the Chiefs. It's a huge rivalry game on Sunday Night Football at home. There's not a ton of margin for error, especially when you saw the way Patrick Mahomes is playing in the groove uh, he was getting into. You can't. You just can't make those kind of mistakes. Personal foul penalties that extend drives, things like that. It, it's, it's it's right now with where the Raiders are, with what they've been through this season, with with where they're at health wise. The margin of error has shrunk. It is a lot smaller than it maybe was earlier in the season. So I think it just comes down to you know to drilling the fundamentals of you know understanding situational football and, and recognizing that hey these are the this is mid November now this is where the rubber meets the road. Everybody's still kind of alive in that AFC wild card picture. Um, and even in the division, it's not, it's not like the Raiders are you know four games back. They're a half a game back. There's a lot of football to be played, but these games are are really really important now. And with the Raiders' schedule, with the way it's looking. Uh, with Cincinnati coming up, with Cleveland eventually, with with Indianapolis, a lot of these teams that are in the mix are, are going to be, you know, cannibalizing one another, uh, for lack of a better term. And 
there's going to be opportunities to make up ground and solidify a playoff positioning by beating teams that they're competing with directly. Uh, but, but like you guys are talking about, with, with, with untimely penalties and stupid mistakes and being in the wrong place at the wrong time, I mean, that's, it's just not going to work. Every game is, is so important at this point. Every play, every drive, they're all, all so crucial. Uh, and it, I think that needs to be a, you know, a focal point this week in practice. Execution, fundamentals, being disciplined. Uh, and, and if the Raiders can get back to doing that and minimize some of the penalties, and you're never going to play a penalty-free game, right? But if you can minimize some of the big killers and, and keep them to a minimum, you're in much better shape. Uh, I think those penalties on Sunday, they felt big at the time, and they certainly, when you look at the final score, uh, I don't think that was quite indicative of how competitive the game was for almost, you know, for almost three quarters, you know, certainly two and a half you know, quarters. Um, it, it doesn't reflect that, and if you are able to execute and not have some of those boneheaded mistakes, maybe it's a different outcome or maybe it's close all the way into the fourth. But situationally, uh, you, you got to be aware of things, even with Deshaun Jackson's play too. I mean, just go down. You're right there. You, you set your team up in the red zone with an opportunity. You get the crowd back behind you. You score a touchdown. It's 24-21, different ball game, right? Um, so it's, it's on the Raiders. It's on the coaching staff to make sure that everybody's fundamentally sound, that everybody's disciplined, and, and get the team ready to go. Uh, for a big game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Sam, my issue was the fact that the, not the number of penalties, it was the timing of penalties, whether they extended drives on, against the defense or they slowed down, they stopped possessions on the offense. I mean, the, the first one that, that happened on, on the, the fourth and one where they were going to go for it, you know, Alex Leatherwood jumps off sides and now it becomes fourth and six, you have to punt the ball. That's a waste of possession. And I played in games where you have to take advantage of possessions because you have an equally efficient or effective offense on the other side. Um, but in, in my estim- in your estimation, because I was talking to Vinny in the first hour about it, did you happen to notice opportunities of receivers to maybe strike downfield that Derek might have came off a little too soon or didn't stick with uh, for a little bit and might have had an uh, opportunity to take a couple more deep shots? Yeah, it certainly felt like there were some opportunities that presented themselves. And uh, those are opportunities. I think we saw Derek Carr earlier in the season, right, a little bit more aggressive going down the field yeah. um, than he had been in his past, letting that thing go. And there were great results. And, and we understand that the situation involving Henry Ruggs and he's not around. We also understand that Deshaun Jackson is in his first game um, with the franchise. And, and there's going to be some, some things that they're going to have to figure out, some chemistry things. And you know, the coaching staff is going to have to continue to figure out ways to scheme up place where he's open but with that said I, I think there were opportunities and when you're at, when you're at Sunday Night Football when you're at home in a game like that um, those big chunk plays I think I think those are huge those are huge for, you know for momentum those are huge for invigorating the crowd they're obviously huge in keeping Kansas City's offense um, off the field keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and, and he would it seemed like he was quite comfortable taking some of those chances earlier in the season and, and, and like you said on Sunday I think there were plays that were there um, that he didn't just let it go. So if they can get back to doing that and this offense can get back to being a big play offense, I think that's what is, you know, what this offense has really lacked the last couple of weeks is, is the explosive plays. I mean, there was that drive early in the second half where Brian Edwards was able to score a touchdown where I thought, where I think he, he you know, he let the ball go a little bit. But th- there were certainly more opportunities to get guys involved down the field and, and to create a spark uh, in that stadium. And uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, that, that didn't happen. So, you know, you go back, you look at the tape, you figure out ways to get better, and, and you see what you can scheme up uh, against the Bengals team that, as we saw last time they played, Lincoln against the Jets. I mean, there are big passing plays available to be had against Cincinnati. There are big yeah. chunk plays. I mean, Mike White was tearing them apart, so um, no disrespect to him, but he's obviously not in, in Derek Carr's class, and the receivers in New York aren't, uh, aren't in, in the receivers on the Raiders' class. So there are, there are going to be opportunities on Sunday, and I would like to see Derek Carr let that thing go like he was 
in the first month of the season. We're talking to Sam Gordon, and you can follow him at by Sam Gordon uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Again, do, uh, download the app Vegas Nation or go to VegasNation.com for all of our work uh, over there. Sam, uh, should we be worried if you're a Raider fan um, about what they saw defensively um, from the Raiders on Sunday, or was that just a, a situation where they kind of ran into a buzzsaw against a really good Kansas City Chiefs team that was bound to get it together at some point offensively and just so happened to pick Sunday night against the Raiders to do that? I think it's a combination of both, um, right? I think for the first time this season, the pass rush really wasn't a factor. And for, for so much of this of the year, um, the Raiders were, were not only getting to the quarterback and getting sacks, but, but flushing quarterbacks from the pocket, speeding up throws, making quarterbacks uncomfortable, making him, making him have to think twice about whether or not they want to step up in the pocket, whether or not they want to get rid of the ball. And there was a little bit of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but not enough, not enough to make him uncomfortable. So that's what I would be um, concerned with. Now, not overly concerned because we have seen the pass rush be very consistent throughout the course of the season. You're not going to dominate every single game. It's just not realistic. Other teams have good players too. Other teams have good coaches, and other teams are going to put together good game plans. And, and you got to credit the Kansas City Chiefs for making some adjustments, for, for Patrick Mahomes, for, for taking what the defense was giving him, for, for not seeking the home run every single play. That was clearly an adjustment that the Chiefs offense hadn't made yet um, in regards to how they were being defended this year with a lot of the, the two deep looks. Uh, but, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and that coaching staff and those receivers and tight ends, they did make the adjustments, and, uh, and, and they played, played well. But with that said, um, the pass rush does need to get back going again. I, I think that's, there's no question about that. That is obviously, in my opinion, um, why the defense has been better this year because you're able to get to the quarterback. You've been able to create some turnovers and, and create a lot of negative plays for opposing offenses. That certainly wasn't the case uh, on Sunday. And now with Cincinnati coming to town, uh, a leaky offensive line, you know, not, not, certainly not you know, mid-'90s Cowboys, you know, far from it, right? Um, and, and you have a quarterback in Joe Burrow who – I believe to be one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I think you know we would agree there. We've seen a lot from him. He's quite impressive. But you get to him, you you know you put him put some heat on him. He'll he'll turn the ball over. I mean he's among the league leaders league leaders in interceptions. And if the Raiders can get their pass rush to where it was for you know the first two months of the season, make him a little uncomfortable. I think there's going to be opportunities on Sunday to create some turnovers, uh, to create some big negative plays, and, and to create shorter fields uh, for that offense with which to work. Sam, last one from me. What uh, now? We're at the halfway point. What uh, are your uh, sincere, uh, honest feelings towards uh, the Raiders' ability as far as wins, losses, and possibly uh, doing something in the playoffs? Yeah, Lincoln, that's a good question. Um, I think clearly, right? We, we've seen we've seen this at, at this team at, at its best can, can can hang with anybody. I mean, beat Baltimore and Baltimore. Uh, for, for the struggles that they've had, I mean, I think that the whole league has been, you know, kind of up and down. There's been inconsistencies. All the contenders have had, you know, questionable losses. But I still view Baltimore in a high regard as one of the top teams in the AFC. And we saw the Raiders beat them. We saw the Raiders go into Pittsburgh and beat a Pittsburgh team that, while, yes, Big Ben isn't in the same quarterback as what he was, um, a very still a very good defensive team. And, you know, uh, with Mike Tomlin, you know it's a well-coached team. The Raiders went in there and handled their business at the same time. You have the, the, the disappointing loss to the Bears. You have the, the loss to the New York Giants. So at their best, the Raiders can hang with anybody, and at their worst, they can be beaten by anybody, um, kind of like the whole, you know, the whole NFL this year, um, at least certainly to a degree. So with that said, um, the playoffs are not out of, the, out of the reach by any means. There are going to be opportunities to make up ground 
to build leads against teams that they're going to have to can battle with um, in the playoff positioning and wildcard positioning. And there's still several AFC West games to go. I don't think they're out of the mix um, by any means in, in the division. But this is where the rubber meets the road. I mean, we've been down this road before the last couple of years where you have the promising start. It looks like all the pieces are clicking. And then at this time of the year, bang, you know, they hit a wall, things slow down, and they struggle to string together wins. From a psychological standpoint, they've got to find a way to power through that. I know it's been a taxing emotional year for a number of reasons. There's been no franchise in the league this year that's gone through what the Raiders have had to go through. And the fact that they're 5-4 and four and still in the position that they're in, I think is a nod to, to Rich Passaccia, what he's been able to do, and the leadership in that locker room. But, but it's time to stack some wins. It's time. They, they have the capabilities. Now it's time to make sure the collapse doesn't happen. Um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. This is a team that, that right now, with where they're at, can, can make a, a deep playoff run uh, per se. But at the same time, I mean, all the contenders have vulnerabilities. So you get hot at the right time. You string together a couple wins. All you got to do is get in, and then anything can happen. As we know, any given Sunday or you know in the playoffs, any given Saturday, right? Because they play on both days. Uh, but but it starts against Cincinnati this week. They have to take care of business at home because the schedule is doing them no favors. A Thanksgiving trip to Dallas looms, and that's going to be a massive game against a team uh, in the NFC that I believe is one of the, the, the best teams in that conference. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But at, from a talent perspective, uh, I, I don't think I, I think they're right on par with with the other teams they're competing against in that in that wild card uh, position. All right, Sam Gordon, uh, the Raiders have nine days. And they have two games coming up. Two games over the next nine days. I think uh, what happens over these nine days is going to uh, play a big role in where this season um, ends up and goes from here. What? I'm, I'm, what's the record going to look like in nine days? I think they split these two games. I, I do think um, they take care of business at home against Cincinnati. I, I'm not. You know. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure how that game's going to play out by any means, but like we talked about, Cincinnati has their fair share, their fair share of issues, and it's kind of in a similar spot where they, they get off to this hot start, they pummel Baltimore, and then all of a sudden the wheels start to fall off there. So the Raiders are at home. Uh, I think that does matter in a situation like this. They, 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 have, they, have, um, they know what they need to work on. They know what they need to address, clean up the penalties, get that pass rush going, and I think there's some favorable matchups that they're going to have on their defensive line against Cincinnati's offensive line. Um, with that said, going to Dallas is a tall task, right? Dak Prescott uh, playing as well as any quarterback in the NFC. We know how that, how loaded they are offensively. But at the same time, they just got pounded by Denver last week. So, so you never know. But if I, had to, if I had to give you my best guess, my honest opinion, I think they split these two games. They're 6-5, and five, and, and that is by no means is a, is a bad position to be in with how, with how tight that race is. Um, in the wild card, with with when you look around the other the other divisions, there's a bunch of teams kind of in that uh, you know six uh, five and four, five and five, four and five mix. Um, so they're right in the thick of it. And, and if you're six and five, and then can can look towards December and have a solid December, I think they're going to be right there. But they cannot afford to lose both of these games. They're going to be in a, a deep deep hole if they do. And that's obviously not breaking news or anything like that. Uh, but if you can salvage a split, I think you're in good shape uh, moving forward as you approach December. You get to six and five, and there's six games still left to play. It's a mm. marathon. So while everyone wants to freak out and you know uh, go give up and all that kind of stuff, even if they split these next two games at six and five with six games left to play, that honestly does put them in position to do something pretty special uh, down the stretch. Even at 6-5, and five, I don't think anything at that point 
would even be out of reach for them. So um, it's one of those type of seasons. That 17th game makes a huge difference. It extends this season, uh, these seasons, uh, you know, uh, longer than they've ever been. And it gives you room and plenty of time to get things together and make a run. Uh, Sam, thanks so so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. We will talk to you uh, this week, obviously, uh, out at practice. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinnie Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Radio Nation Radio, 920 AM. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Just a quick program note. Uh, Thursday at 5 o'clock. Please set your uh, clocks to that uh, time. Um, 5 o'clock Pacific time, by the way. Uh, Taylor Rooks, the extremely talented uh, journalist. Uh, I think she's based in New York, maybe Atlanta uh, these days. But she did a tremendous, and I I, I, I put a capital T on tremendous, uh, podcast with Darren Waller uh, recently. I happened to see it and listen to it. Uh, it was really enlightening um, and learned a lot more about Darren Waller uh, as a result. And um, Taylor was nice enough uh, to um, accept an invitation uh, to come on in the huddle on Thursday to talk about that podcast and what she learned and uh, get also her thoughts on this crazy NFL season, maybe even talk some uh, NBA. But Thursday, 5 o'clock Pacific time, uh, the very talented Taylor Rooks will be joining us. Uh, And Lincoln Kennedy, we were just talking to Sam Gordon. And, you know, when you really think about it, if the Raiders do split these next two games, because of how long this season is, if if the Raiders can just get to six and five, I know everyone's thinking seven and four, which obviously um, the Raiders would take, everybody would take seven and four. But even at six and five in the marathon 17 game season, you're just kind of getting started at that point to really maybe potentially put it into high gear over the final six games and try to cross that finish line uh, as as fast and strongly as you can. Nothing would be lost at 6-5 and five if the Raiders can get to that point. Well, once upon a time, um, coaches used to say that uh, it, you would learn – you had to have about a month of football to really learn what your team was, was about, and they usually the first month of football. And then it became a point to where they, they started doing the things the way with preseason. It was almost like – two months to really understand the identity. One month was to get them basically in football shape, playing at a top speed because they didn't play a preseason. And then the next month, your month of October, is when you kind of really kind of see what your team is made of and you have it confirm the identity. We know what the identity of the Raiders are right now. We know what it is on both sides of the ball. You know what they are on special teams. We got that. Now it's just going out and playing consistently to be to match that identity, you don't shoot yourself in the foot with dumb penalties. You don't shoot shoot yourself in the foot by you know turnovers and stuff like that, costly turnovers. But you you have an idea of what this team is made of. Now you got to go out and execute it. And as Sam alluded to, and we talked about all year, the schedule is not going to do you any favors. The fact is that you had a chance to take care of business, and, and you dropped it obviously to two teams, which affects your record. I came into this season saying that I thought the, with the extra games, the Raiders could be ten and seven. At the worst, nine and eight. 
That's what I said. And I still hold true to that. Yeah. And, and just but picking out when they're going to lose. Now, where does that put them in the bigger scheme of the division? You can't control that because you, you can only play the teams that you play. And more importantly, you only have the top of, to, time to take care of the division. They still have a chance to sweep the Broncos, but that's going to be the only team in this division that they can sweep. Uh, and they have to get these games now against the Chiefs. In Kansas City, they have to find a way to win, and they've got to find a way to close out the season against the Chargers. Right, and it's not like – uh, they can't potentially get help from elsewhere. Uh, we'll see if that was the Kansas City Chiefs that we're going to see the rest of the season uh, on Sunday night. The way things are going in the NFL, I am a little bit dubious that that's going to be the case. Everybody from week to week flips, it seems. It's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of a situation going on right now in the NFL. And um, as teams, to your point, continue to try to find themselves um, and in the process, you know, slip up here and there, it's left everything open for just about everybody, even at this point in the season. We think we're so far into the season. There's seven games. There's what? No, no, um, nine games left, right? Or, yeah. or, or eight games. There's eight games right. left. Nine, what are they, five and four now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. So, there, so there's literally eight games left to play. And, um, you, you know, We'll see where. And here's the other funny part of it, of it all. Last year, at this point, I want to say the Raiders were six and three, and everyone was like, "Oh, the the schedule gets easier. They play the Chargers. They play this. They play this bad team. They play the Falcons. They play the Jets. You know." And the, and you're looking at the at a, what was looked to be a favorable schedule, and they couldn't handle a favorable schedule. Now we're sitting here, and everyone's you know uh, talking about, oh, I don't know, this is going to be a tough schedule. But last year, you, you, I don't buy into any of that anymore. I don't think um, whether it looks like an easy schedule or looks like a hard schedule, we can predict anything at this point anymore because it's just there's so much parity and uh, there's so many good players or maybe there's not and maybe there's not very many good teams or great teams, certainly no great teams um, that you have an opportunity uh, game in and game out. Everybody does. And it goes to your point, Lincoln, and we're going to keep driving it home and driving it home. Uh, and it's why the Raiders aren't about to give up and weren't about to, you know, oh, my gosh, this season's over after losing two straight games. Because in their mind, to your point as well, they just haven't executed. But they've shown that they can execute plenty of times this year. It's just a matter of getting back to that. And if they can get back to that, it changes everything, Lincoln. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And then they, they got their they've got their work cut out for them because they're they're not there's not any slouchers that are on the, the no. left on the, the schedule. And we've seen them play down to their competition already a couple of times this year. So they've got to take care of business. And now maybe they play up to it because yeah. they've also played up uh, yeah. at, at oh, yeah, various yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this year. Um, now think about this: the two games prior to the break, they played arguably, and for me anyway, at least for my money. It was the best two games I saw the Raiders played since I started covering this team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and what was it? The Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles. Those were the two best performances uh, that the Raiders played. And I felt like they established a level of play for themselves that they know they can play that well. Now, this is the question I have to ask you, Lincoln. In both of those games, Henry Ruggs was, you know, uh, play, played a role. All right. I don't want to say that one guy makes the whole thing go because he didn't. But in the Raiders scheme, and, and it's, it's, it's likewise around the league, we saw what happened when Robert Woods leaves Los Angeles. Their offense 
felt felt that majorly. They felt Robert Woods not being out there. Uh, it's a different situation with, with with Henry, or was a different situation with Henry. But but sometimes when you take a piece out of a bigger out of a puzzle, you're gonna feel that loss. Um, are we overplaying the loss of Henry Ruggs, and or or is that accurate? No, I think you're overplaying it. I, I, I do. I don't, I don't, well, because this, because they have the same opportunities. Look, Zay Jones has made some big catches. You know, he was the, the Monday night winner against the Ravens. That, that was a Henry Ruggs route. We've seen it done before. Ed, they've even had Brian Edwards run a lot of the same routes that, that the X receiver would run. It's not going to be any different for Deshaun Jackson. You don't, you don't think that um, teams are defending him a little bit differently? Defending who? The Raiders a little bit differently. Yes. Yes. They're, just like the Giants. The Giants were not going to allow anything behind him. They played deep. They were going to give you everything under, underneath. They were not going to let anything behind you. That's where the interceptions came into view. And even when, you know, when Derek was trying to throw the, the second interception, was it was the first or first interception, the only one he threw, his arm was hit as he was trying to release. He wanted to throw it on the field. Yeah. Okay, so there are times where, okay, that, that's going to mistake. The ball goes up fluttering. It looked like he was going to try to take a deep shot to Edwards because he was, looked like he was behind the safeties. So I think there are opportunities there. It's just whether or not you – I mean, obviously, whether or not. You obviously have to generate them with other people. Hunter Renfro is not a speed difference. They had the, they had the all-go routes where they threw it to Brian Edwards. It's a matchup issue. When, when Derek looked out at the slot and he saw that Brian Edwards uh, was covered by a linebacker and he knew he had an all-go, he knew where he was going with the football. He made a great play. He made a great play to throw it to Edwards, and that's how Edwards came up with that touchdown. So those are opportunities there. I, I don't think it's about Henry Ruggs not being a part in this offense. I think it's you have to find other people to make up for it, and you have to do other things. There are still big play opportunities. You have to make the best of them. I, I, I do feel like they need to find a different way uh, to do it, and, and the reason they do is because a big part of what they were doing is, is no longer there. I have all the respect in the world for Zay Jones, but he's been in this league for a, a little bit now. And, you know, some guys are just what they are. And I don't think that he's that guy. Well, I mean, they brought in Deshaun Jackson, a series of plays. I told you he was going to have a, a few plays. He was going to be in the offense. I don't know what number of snaps he had uh, all, all together. But I, I saw him out there a couple times. Right. You know, when he's out there, you don't make it obvious that you're trying to go to him. But you got to at least utilize him or try to get him to get him the football. You know, other than that one attempt, I didn't see them throw it his, his way. They didn't. And I think that's going to – I think that was a product of – he got here Wednesday, basically, you know, or on the field Wednesday. Um, it's 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 not the easiest thing to you know acclimate somebody into the offense in that short period of time. But, well, I mean, here's the thing. Then 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 why have him out there? Then why suit him up? Well, I mean, you he did catch saying? a forty yard. I mean, I know, no, yeah. One time you throw it to him, he catches it. I think the only one. <laughs> I think the only. Yeah, no, no, no. And and uh, otherwise, he really wasn't playing that much. And I right. get, I get what you're saying. Like, why not just play him a little bit more? But maybe they didn't feel like that was fair either to him or it would have been too disruptive to the offense. But here's the thing: they've got the benefit of time to get I, I figure what a couple of weeks until he's kind of feeling all right the real. terminology is not that different to me it's a chemistry thing because you can go out there you, I mean look the route tree is pretty similar for every offense so you can tell what x receivers they're they're running deep routes they're running posts they're running corners right. just like Tyreek Hill is doing okay they find ways to get him open whether you're using motion to break down whether it's man or zone coverage or you have the deep angle routes that they were trying to do to Henry Ruggs or just even every occasionally a goal route where you look off a of safety and open up a lane for you to throw it to there are opportunities that you have to also create 
when you're an offense. You have to if, if you're Derek Carr, you have to come out there and say, look, I got number one on the edge. Oh, he's going up against X, Y, Z. Okay, and look at this coverage. Look what safety is. Has that safety been demon down to try to slip in and get on Darren Waller? I mean, that's what happened to Mika Fitzpatrick when they played Pittsburgh. He jumped on Darren Waller, and he got had Henry Ruggs running right behind him. Those opportunities are there for Deshaun Jackson. I think it's more of a chemistry thing, and I think we'll take another step this week against Cincinnati, especially the way they play defense. He'll have opportunities, but to your point, I, I don't play. I don't. I think it's overplayed that Eleven's not a part of the offense anymore. I, I, That's just my opinion. No, I mean, no, I, 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 and I, and I'm, I'm with you, and I, I, I truly am. Uh, I just for two weeks I've seen a different looking Raiders offense. Um, you know, uh, w- without him on the field. Now, I do think that the more chemistry gets developed uh, with Deshaun Jackson, the more, you know, the the playbook and terminology. And, and while it might be similar, there's always difference. Oh, there's always difference. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and he, needs, he just needs to get to a point where um, he feels, you know, completely comfortable or as comfortable as possible in order to do, in order to do his job with a, in a confident way and, and have a command of it. And I think... They do have the benefit of, of, of time uh, to get him there, and I think that's going to help because as we saw uh, on the pass that was completed, I know the ending wasn't, wasn't, wasn't good, uh, but that's why they brought him in there. And yeah. I also think that the more he is in there, the more respect teams are going to um, you know, uh, give him in terms of the focus that they paid on him, and that's going to open things up uh, for other players. Now, this is my question, too. Two straight weeks, Darren Waller has not been uh, a big part of this offense. Th- that's kind of where I-, I feel like the loss, too, of Henry Ruggs um, ha- has hurt a little bit. Now, granted, Derek Carr missed a wide-open Darren Waller in the end zone against the New York Giants. Uh, that one was definitely on Darren Waller. Uh, but there's been it, – it, there, he's gone – Two games now where he hasn't been the featured kind of guy that he had been uh, in the past. And I do wonder, because they took a big part of this offense away or a big part of this offense is no longer there, how much that's changing how Darren Waller uh, gets defended as well. And or the guy was coming off an ankle injury, if we remember. He did not play against, what was it, the Philadelphia Eagles, I think it was. Mm -hmm. You know, who's to say he's 100% healthy right now? Well, teams are doubling him. Yeah. They're going to try to take him out. They know that that is one of Derek's favorite receivers. They're going to try to take him out. So, you know, the, the, the thing when people try to compare the Chiefs offense and the Raiders offense, especially with the speed now and, and having tight ends, the, the thing that Andy Reid does with, with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, let's say, for example, Tyreek Hill is going to run a go route. He's so fast, the safety has to respect him. Right. Well, then he ends up running a corner route or a, a, an angle post, a, a post corner route with Travis Kelsey to that void where that safety is gone. And there's nobody that can keep up with his speed once you take the top off that safety. The Raiders don't do it. They don't have those complementary routes a lot of times. You've seen them at, at times where, where they, they run crossing routes, but they run them with the wrong receivers. They either run them with Foster Moreau and, and uh, Brian Edwards, or, but they don't do it with Deshaun Jackson now uh, and, and, uh, and Darren Waller. They have, they have roles where um, they have specific routes for the Raiders to run, I mean, uh, for Darren Waller and those players to run. It's not like they have complementary routes where you get a couple of options. If this one's gone, you take this one. You don't have that. And there are a lot of times where Derek doesn't even go through a full progression before he decides to check it down. That's why I'm saying he needs to earn more trust. So there are a lot of things that are working in progress there. But I do know this. Every team we faced has had either some type of bracket or double team for Darren Waller. And when the Giants failed at one time, he missed them. 
He he missed it. He there was there was usually right. a safety sitting over top. He missed him and 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 was trying to get him on that slug that slant and go route, and uh, he overthrew him. So that was a wasted opportunity. But teams are going to try to take number eighty three out of the game plan. Yeah, for sure. And um, like you said, uh, you know they got to find a different way. Um, by the way, real quick, uh, Raider Nation Radio Demon Rum can now be shipped directly to you. Just go to drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now for being a fan of In the Huddle, you can get 10% off your total order. Enter DemonVinny10 in the coupon code. That's DemonVinny10 at drinkdemonrum.com. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajada Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, I thought we had them cleaned up in practice. We've been pretty good in practice, and we've um, had consequences for when they weren't. So, But we got ourselves in critical situations. We had the fourth and one, which we've been pretty good on the last few weeks, and we get the penalty. Now we have to punt the ball. And I think the other one you know, cost us a touchdown. We ended up getting a hold on one. We had another pre-snap one. Um, that part of the game. So it, it just, it was untimely as people may say, but they're just really critical spots for us. And when we play a game going like that we were going into with Kansas City, we know they're an explosive team. We had to really play all well. We had to play well in all three phases. Don't think that we did that. You know, we gave up plays in all three phases that put us in bad situations. Um, so I, I think it's on all of us. We'll, we'll figure that out. And, and uh, but the penalties, have, we just have to do a better job. Yes, they do. Uh, that was Raiders uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia talking about the untimely mistakes uh, that really played a pivotal role in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Lincoln, I know, oh, the score was 41-14. How can a couple of penalties, um, you know, change things that drastically in that big of a blowout? But they, it wasn't a blowout at that point. That's the whole point. Uh, the first uh, penalty was it's a, it's a scoreless tie, um, and the Raiders were driving. Uh, and then another one that in a three-point game where the Raiders were driving. Uh, it's just when those happen, that's why they're untimely, uh, that changed the trajectory of a game. And the game ended up being a blowout, but it wasn't a blowout until the fourth quarter. No, you're right about that. And, and you know, we talked about the entire show about that stuff. But I, I will say this, uh, and, and um, they've got to clean it up. We know they have to clean up. But one more gripe I'd like to pick before we close out the show, Vinny, is, is my – I, I want to – direct this to the nation uh, over the last couple of days I heard a lot of people complaining about the amount of red that was in the stadium um, representing on Sunday night first of all Allegiant has turned into a landmark there are people that are coming all over because they want to see the new stadium yep. because they didn't have the chance last year and we know how eager people are to get out and plus and second of all it's Vegas and third thing is that nation the, the team needs to win there, fans are not going to come back. The Chicago fans, I heard a lot of them, oh, this was like a home game. Because it, so many people turned out and you lost. And the fans weren't walking out in the stadium, Raiders, being all loud and obnoxious as they can be after they get a win. Right. And if you, the thing is, is if the team is going to win and defend it, it's got to defend its home turf. And that's how you make a place intimidating. You do your part, the team does their part, you make it intimidating. If the team gets smacked around and loses like that, well, you're going to see all the colors come out uh, from other stadiums and other teams until you make it a place that they need to fear. Right now, the Raiders have not put fear in anyone. So the team needs to win for another reason, a number of reasons. But stop complaining about the number of fans that come to Allegiant Stadium, even if there are for the other team, because everybody wants to see new stuff, and it is Las Vegas. And until this, this past, well, a couple of years, 
you, you could go to Vegas and be entertained, but you go in the fall, you couldn't see football. Now that you can, everybody wants to be there. Absolutely. And sorry, nobody really wanted to go to Oakland. It's nothing against it's Oakland, no, but the same exactly thing as right. Cleveland. I mean, I, there's <laughs> other cities that are just like that, that teams, that, that fans don't make it a point to go to. I was talking to Devon about this uh, earlier before the show started. I also think it's going to be, it's going to dissipate over the years because everyone's going to you know, get out here and see it, and, and then they'll move on to something yeah. else, uh, you know, a, a different place to go go see a game in Chicago or Lambeau or, or New York or California, whatever the case might be. So it's like you said, it's the new toy. People want to come see it. It's Las Vegas. There's so much to do here. It's not just the game on Sunday. It's a whole weekend. Real quick, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Eddie in L.A. is on real quick. How you doing, Eddie? Hey, how you doing, Big Link? How you guys doing? There? Wonderful. Good. Good, good. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, Big Link. There's too many people whining about the, too many imposing jerseys in there. When they won't go there. That's what I'll say about that. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, why do you suppose the offense does not use any kind of sweeps for either Drake or Josh Jacobs? It's something I haven't seen at all this year. Or how about using your tight ends for you know, using them on slants? Get them out o- open in space. Have your guy, you know, your best guys do what they can do in space. I'm not sure why is it continue to be running up the gut. Well, I will tell you this because they do not have consistency at blocking tight ends. You can't run sweeps, and they've tried them. They've tried them throughout the year. I, I don't think they're very good at it because they don't have a, a strong blocking tight end. Darren Waller is their best blocking tight end. And he's average. Uh, Foster Moreau is below average, in my opinion. They're trying to get better. Just can't hold the point. Um, but they do have it. To me, they're better off running downhill straight at them. But uh, that, and that they, if you look at some of the numbers with the runs, if they break down in that type of analytics, they show that they are they got more more out of it. As far as the slants, well, that's another thing that I've always had a gripe about this offense. Doesn't doesn't do enough crossing routes. They do do slants. Um, they, they have slants with their X and their Z receivers. They, they try to run them every now and then. They actually run some with uh, Hunter Runfro uh, lining up wide, but they don't, they don't have a lot of crossing routes uh, in their offensive package. By the way, one last thing, uh, thanks for the call, uh, Eddie, um, uh, about the, uh, the tickets and all that. You know, um, these fans are getting these tickets on the secondary market, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so those are available to everybody. If Raider fans all over the place – uh, are getting all mad on Twitter about you know non-Raider fans being in their stadium. Why don't they just buy the tickets themselves? Those are available to well, Raider fans as well. So. That's that's part of the gripe because you know they had a, they had an issue when they had the vaccine mandate. I heard a number of people complain about that. Um, they, but they also you know, what I tried to explain to people I talked to over the last couple of days. The Raider Nation always travels well. And you have opposing cities, opposing teams that don't like us there. It's no different. I mean, and they, I you, see you, Raider Nation at all these games. Absolutely, they <laughs> they, they, they travel very well, and so yeah. it's like it's like you you can't have it both ways. You want to be mad at somebody coming to your stadium? You can do one thing: you can just buy the tickets, keep the tickets, you know, sell it out, take it from them, or. The team wins, makes it an intimidating place. When you come out, you know, all boisterous after the game, like I've heard the times when you guys <laughs> won the games, Raiders and all that, and you yell at it constantly, that makes it an intimidating place. They won't want to come back. Uh, it's it's just it's it's a place, it's a landmark, it's a good uh, stadium, and it's been fun entertainment. So who would want to? You don't have to be a Raider fan. It's just supply enjoy it. and it's supply supply and demand. These Absolutely. fans want to come here, and they're gonna they're willing to pay top dollar uh, to get those tickets off the hands of 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 of, of Raider fans that have yep. bought them originally. Um, so you know that's just the way the world works. Again, if you don't want that to happen. 
um, buy the tickets up when those are, sure. are you know when they're available on 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 the resale market. Buy them as a Raider fan and go to the game and make yep. sure that it's not a, a Eagle fan or a, or a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That's you know it's it's the way it works. So uh, I also know coming from Los Angeles when you're a destination city, that's just how it goes, yeah. and it's a it's a Actually, more than anything, it's kind of a compliment of where the Raiders are, the city that the Raiders are. It's a desirable place to come spend time and go to see a football game. There's a lot to do. Uh, and lastly, if you're, you know, uh, the NFL, if you're the Raiders, if you're the state of Nevada, guess what? People are flooding into this city to come see, you know, for all these other reasons. And now the NFL, that is putting money into restaurants, pockets, and, you know, waiters and waitresses and bartenders uh, and everybody else. And guess what? All of that becomes taxable revenue that helps schools. It helps build roads. It helps libraries. All of that. That is how the world works. And it generates tax revenue when people are coming from elsewhere and spending their money in our city. So that's a win-win. That's why they built the stadium. One of the reasons that they built the stadium, because it was going to attract people to come here to big events, whether the Raider games, the Pro Bowl, which tickets went on sale, go to ProBowl.com uh, to, to buy your tickets to the Pro Bowl, the East-West Shrine game, uh, big events, the WWE, all of that. Um, so it's all enjoyable and it's all good. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonstier and Lincoln Kennedy. I want to say thanks to Peter O'Reilly from the NFL, Sam Gordon from Vegas Nation, Lincoln Kennedy, nice to get your thoughts on the game. We'll talk Always to you. Always a pleasure, brother. Absolutely. Uh, Demond Cotton, thanks for everything that you do. We're back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. In the huddle, Vinny Bonstier and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. We're out.